podcasting from Astrolab Studios. This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows that have faded from the collective consciousness and didn't quite make the impact that they intended. This week, Tech War, episodes 11 and 12. Now how do I get into talk? You mean you can't charm your way to my lecherous heart? Oh, this will make it easier. This is an alpha wave oscillator. It will stimulate your dormant personality and put Sabrina, the sculpted personality, into a sleep state. You'll be able to brief Cardigan because you'll remember everything that happened while Sabrina was dominant. And what if she doesn't show up for the run-in? Well, the data isn't conclusive. Hypothetically speaking, if uh, you aren't released from the sleep state at regular eight-hour intervals, there is a danger that the uh, sculpted identity might take over or cause permanent schizophrenia. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Continuum Drag. We're your host, Jordan Luke. Uh, how's it going this week, Jordan? You ready for some more Tech Talk? I am. I'm always ready for Tech Talk. Well, that's good. Cause when, it, when, when did we decide it was Tech Talk? <laughs> oh, uh, I've been calling the show now Tech Talk in my head because oh. that's uh, all we talk about. It's probably a title that helps people actually know what the show is more than Continuum Drag, which <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone and I had to explain it to him about three times. And I said, What was it called? Continuum Drag. What was it called? So. Well, that's fine. I, I mean, we wouldn't want the podcast to be too findable or anything. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We don't want to be too popular. All right. So I do have something. Uh, a game for us today. A game? Sure. A game. Yeah. Uh, all it right. sh- what it should be is uh, literally it's just us playing a board game silently and just dead air. Oh, cat eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Jordan. The year is 2018. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The studios are at the bottom of the barrel. They need something else they can reboot. Mm-hmm. Guess what time it is. I'm guessing it's reboot uh, Tech War time. It's reboot Tech War time. <laughs> what is Tech War going to be for this 2018 $100 million franchise starter? Um, let, let's start with some casting. Sure. Who, who do you like for our star, our star, Jake Cardigan? The first person that comes to mind, and I don't know if this person actually makes sense, but I thought... Carl Urban. Carl Urban, interesting. Yeah. I, I, kinda, I, I like him. I think he's good in, every, in things. Like, he doesn't necessarily make good choices all the time, which maybe would be a tech war, tech war reboot wouldn't be a great idea, but I thought he'd be all right in the role. And I think you're right. The things he chooses to do are uh, probably in line with this. Really, there's only one guy that came to mind for me who kind of fit that kind of, like, jokester, alpha male kind of, like, whatever Jake is. Like, he's real suave, but he's kind yeah, of a what they bag. want him to be, yeah. I, I thought, uh, was Chris Pine up to? You know what's interesting about that? Both of us pick people that are in the Star Trek reboot. That's true. I mean... Isn't that weird? If you're an actor of a certain caliber today, you're in some sort of Marvel science fiction movie. Yeah. I, th- I, I think Chris Pine's a good pick, though. I like him. He's a good actor. Let's call it. I think Carl Urban was the right choice. I think, yeah? I think it's the perfect casting. Okay, so that's what we're going to say. I think I think that. Uh, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's move on to Walter Bascom. We need somebody who is essentially playing a cameo. He's going to be in like mm-hmm. seven minutes of the actual runtime of this movie. But you know, that means he needs to like have a certain gravitas. Like, you know, he needs to bring mm-hmm. that Shatner equivalent to the movie. Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Oh, man. Would that be interesting? That is an interesting choice. Who is a big celebrity who's an old man now who, like Shatner, would not want to be in this show? Uh, and I just figured it would be Harrison Ford would like right. Well, barely, you, you really are shooting for the stars. He, he barely want to walk down the stairs, and then that'd be the end of the scene. 
I don't know. There's uh, some interesting options. Paul Giamatti is, I think, the dark horse choice. That's a very strange choice. I don't know. Did you have of those? Did you have a strong preference? I I think Paul Giamatti. Mm. I I don't know. I'd still I'd still think maybe Harrison Ford. Yeah. I want I, I want this to be like a big like okay. a All big right. deal. I'll, I'll give you Harrison Ford. I mean, I'll say Paul Giamatti is a, the great character actor choice, but that's not what this movie's about. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh wait, is this a series or a movie we're doing? This is a movie reboot. Yeah, it's a movie reboot. Oh, okay. This is like the this That is, changes everything. This is uh Disney's new franchise. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Sorry, I should have been more specific. No. Yeah, no, no. This is a huge blockbuster film. Oh, okay. Let's get into Sid Gomez. Yeah. Who okay. fill, who fills Sid Gomez's role in this movie? My first thought was Michael Kenneth Williams. Oh, interesting. But I don't know if that would even be a good pick. I mean, he's a good actor. Yeah, he's a good actor, but I don't know. He I, might have trouble uh, selling the donut love. You're right. He doesn't maybe have the right uh, something, this je ne sais quoi for the picture. Obviously, I was thinking blockbuster movie. So uh, I, uh, my two choices I thought were Kevin Hart, a little against type. He's going to have a lot of short no, jokes No, actually, now. as you say, that's that's actually pretty funny. He's only going to get a couple lines. So you really need someone to sell those lines. I think Kevin Hart would do a good job of that. Yeah. I, he might be too big for that role, actually. Well, he was in Jumanji, too. He could, he might, right. he might come out. Um, and then I almost went with Ice Cube, but I realized that maybe the better choice was Ice T. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I just feel like Ice T needs to have a little bit of a comeback. And he's, uh, he's a different. Kevin Hart's much funnier. Ice T is like more put upon the whole time. I think I like, I think I like Kevin Hart. I think that's a real, yeah, Kevin, a real interesting choice. Kevin Hart's probably the right call. Like him and the donuts. It's a good. It's it's a good. It's a good so call. far, this is a really odd cast. A very expensive movie, I think. So far, we've got. Carl Urban as yeah. Jake Cardigan. Yeah. I forced Harrison Ford into the role of Walter Bascom. Yeah. Kevin Hart, Sid Gomez. For his other partner, who's going to play Sam Houston? My first thought was Gina Davis, but I think Gina Davis is, might be too old now. But we all like Gina Davis, right? She's good, but she is uh, very old now. <laughs> I know she's very old, but she's old. She's older than Carl Urban. I, I watched her in The Exorcist recently, which she's very good in, but uh, it's, it's going to be hard to imagine that Carl Urban and her are hooking up. Because Houston speaks Spanish, mm-hmm. it's a bit of a badass. Mm-hmm. I went with Michelle Rodriguez. Okay. So we're going to go with Michelle Michelle Rodriguez? Is that who you like? It doesn't really matter. So yeah, sure. <laughs> Great. I'm glad you're enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, well, I just mean, how, how much do I have invested in this? All right, Nika. I have actually four people. That oh man! Could be. And, right. and they're all a drastic different. Uh, give me thought. give me your first two. I'll give you my one, and then I'll give you, you give me two more. I'll give you my my second. Okay. My first is Amy Schumer. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that was actually that was Laura told me to pick Amy Schumer, and I think the idea was it's just someone who who comes in the screen every now and then. It's a little bit annoying. <laughs> so Amy Schumer, and then also probably too old. She's too old for the part, but just reminded me of of Lori Petty. Remember Lori Petty? I don't remember Lori Petty. Mm. She was in Tank Girl, A League of Their Own. Was she Tank Girl? She was Tank Girl. Oh, yeah, that's Lori Petty. I had no idea. All right, I'll give you one of mine then. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Nika, this one is obviously probably uh, a bit outlandish because uh, I don't think we'll get her. But I said Jennifer Lawrence. Wow, you're really swinging for the stars, huh? Hey, man, this is going to be a big franchise. We right. love spinoffs. Right. Wait till you hear my next two picks. All right, do it. So after, let's just let's just recap. You picked Jennifer Lawrence. I picked Linda Hunt. 
Do you remember Linda Hunt? No. <laughs> that Helen Hunt sister? No, here, let me show you quickly, show you a picture of Linda Hunt. You'll know who she is. Oh. <laughs> that's not bad, actually. That's, uh, yeah. It's she's, different, right? She's the lady from The Incredibles. I just thought it would be a different turn. Very of, different type. Yeah. And then, why don't you give me one, and I have one more. My, my backup for Jennifer Lawrence was Sarah Silverman. Oh, that's a good pick, actually. That's similar to my Amy Schumer idea. Yeah, that's what when you said Amy Schumer, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's the same line. Of th- that's the same line of thought. Not to go too much about the Nika character, but the last one I thought is Zach Galifianakis. G- gender changed the rule. There's no reason not to. Um, right? Nika could be anyone. Yeah. I mean, maybe every movie it's a different Nika. And it was Nico. Nico. I like Linda Hunt. All right, let's go with Linda Hunt. I think that's good casting. I think it's right. a great idea. I like she, it. She have a little tiny chair. She's a very tiny woman. Yeah, she's very little. She doesn't have to get up and move around a lot. She's just supposed to be at her computer working. It's very funny. By the way, having this, an old person be good with computers, it's a very funny bit. This movie is is really something. It's good so far. Yeah, it's, a yeah, good, it's movie. good so far. There's no script. There's no there's uh there's no plot anything. But it's good. So do we do a quick rundown of who this cast is? Oh yeah, one more. Oh, we have one more. Is have it one, Danny? One more to cast. No, Lieutenant Winger. Oh, we can't have a movie without Lieutenant Winger. My pick is Michael Shannon. Oh, Michael Shannon as the robot. Right? That's interesting. I maybe went a little safer. I went with Vin Diesel or The Rock. Oh, wow. Uh, maybe less The Rock. But I, I think if you put either of them in those like forehead things, at least yeah. at least as robots, they'd be hugely jacked. Like you'd get like, it's like oh, that robot was built right. to do something. For fighting. And then you it would be weird though because Winger never does actually does anything physical really. So I think, I think you change it for the movie. It gives more action. So, okay, so let's do the rundown of... Uh, we, we, we don't have to pick Danny, right? Oh, Cause God. We no. hate Danny. He won't he's, be in the movie. He's the Wesley of this he show. He won't be in the movie. Um, I, I was just for Lieutenant Winger, though, I think I will go with Michael Shannon. I think that's a good call. Oh, yeah? Okay. All right. We'll run down the cast right now real quick. Jake Cardigan. Is Carl Urban. Walter Bascom. Who, who did we go with? Harrison Ford. Oh, Harrison Ford. This is the poster. These are like the this is the poster. two yeah, names yeah. in the posters. Yeah. Like. They're at the top. Uh, we got Sid Gomez is being played by Kevin Hart. Oh, yeah. I did like that. Sam Houston. Is Michelle Rodriguez? I think right. that's what we went. Right? Yeah, I don't know if I like that, but it's good enough. She's good. She's a badass. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I don't know. Nika. Linda Hunt. Linda Hunt. Very against type, but I think it's gonna make for a good movie that way. Mm-hmm. Just I think her. people. I think the, it's gonna get the kids, the Snapchat generation. Kids love Linda. They live. They love Linda Hunt. And then Lieutenant Winger. Uh, that was uh, Michael Shannon. There you go, Michael Shannon. I think that's a pretty good movie. That's a pretty good. Movie. So we're gonna start working on the script soon, right? That, there's two more parts to this I want to get into. Oh, good. They're I was, short. I, it, it wasn't long enough. They're short. Who directs? I'll oh, give I, you my four, and you can tell me which ones you like. Okay, that's I, good I idea. had four ones. Three of them are basically the same. I thought it has to be some British guy. Some, mm-hmm. So I thought Danny Boyle, right. Guy Ritchie, or Michael Vaughn. Who, what's who, who was the last one? Uh, Michael Vaughn. He does the uh, Kingsman movies. Oh, yeah. Forget him. So I guess either Guy Ritchie or Danny Boyle. I think it has to be Guy Ritchie. I think this is in his wheelhouse. Great. Um, and then I figure when Guy Ritchie drops out halfway through, we just get Rennie Carlin. <laughs> that's, no, that's a great pick. I really enjoy that. When Guy Ritchie eventually drops out, we just bring Rennie Harlan to finish it off. I haven't heard that name in a while. That really tickles me. And then I figure you can't reboot something and come up with a new story. You just have to steal from mm-hmm. old stories. Is there a plot line? would be the Tech War reboot movie. I think the episode that had the most potential that was clearly squandered by the TV show was the villain waking up in the freezer 
and uh, them having being all stuck in the building and having to get out before the place exploded. That episode, whatever episode that was, four or whatever. I that would be the episode, the plot I would take. Oh, interesting. What did you think? I because that's the answer. I wanted to find a way of of combining tech posse with mm-hmm. deadline. The one where Winger loses his memory chip or his like oh. memory chip. Somehow get those two together because then you have like him being this like illegal posse while he's seeing Winger struggle with like the robot rights. Sure. Sold. I, 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 I won't lie. I did think about the uh, the freezer episode where they have to escape. That is probably the like most movie like episode we've seen. Yeah. I mean, you've seen it a million times, but it's, it's just die hard. Exactly. Right. It's also Dread, which Carl Urban was in. So he'd be fine with it. Well, there we go. We can just repurpose the Dread script. I like that movie. All right, we'll do that one. It'll be the easiest. Yeah, okay, done. <laughs> Great. Well, you that, work on the financing. That's it. We, uh, we're we making this tech war movie. Uh, Hollywood, you know the number. All right. Um, now that we're through that, how about we get into episode 11, Deep Cover. Mm-hmm. A powerful mob family are determined to be the reigning family and get access to a nuclear arsenal. Jake's new partner agrees to infiltrate this family. Things go awry, and Jake has to try to save her from being killed. Yeah, this was a weird episode, huh? I, I didn't know if the whole um, mafia thing... Quite, had, quite mesh. It, it didn't quite mesh, but... Uh, they bring it up. Like, we'll get it... Like, we start on the family. And yeah. I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, the establishing shot of that mansion, they very carefully try to use some branches to obscure a Canadian flag flying over the mansion. But, oh, like, really? not very well. Oh, I didn't, I didn't look at it. The only part I remember from the beginning is that she cuts a flower with a little laser. Yeah. pocket laser. Yeah, and that and is, oh, we're in the future. That is the head of the uh, Del Moro crime family, Cassandra, who uh, who's in it with, I guess, her brother Ian and then a cousin named Mikey. And then I guess that's the whole family. Yeah, but it opens with her, that guy. And I know he's blah, blah, blah. He's an informant. And then she like kisses him and stuff. And I thought, I feel like I've seen this opening or a version of this opening at least three or four times where there's a man and a woman and they're kind of in some sort of pseudo erotic situation and then someone dies like how many times have we done that i thought the same thing and then i realized i don't think that was supposed to be a romantic kiss i think that's supposed to be like when the godfather yeah i know betrayal i i didn't get that Yeah, because then then also like the guy's got like it looks like blood on his lip and i was like what she bit him i I miss that well the things we do get to learn about this family is and i guess this is why they're the only mob family is they survived the gang war of 98 yeah i like that and yeah there's sort of a Battle, a battle of wills between Cassandra and her, I think her brother Ian, they never specify who he is. They do say all he wants is flask, though. All he wants is flask? Yeah, I don't know what that means. But at mm. some point, she says all he wants is flask while she's talking to her VR dad she visits all the time. Oh, yeah. That she, yeah. Her, they, her, they also really tried for those Godfather type scenes, and they, they're not very good. Yeah, she has a dead father who she visits for advice in a vr simulation um that maybe is tech i don't know it's hard to say which was an interesting idea that they didn't big surprise didn't execute very well which was the idea of this person who's running this crime syndicate who's still getting advice from her well not even getting advice from her dead father getting advice from a simulation of her dead father because she's clinging to the past there's something interesting there but they just kind of throw it in every now and then yeah i mean they they toy at it because like her brother is trying to make deals with tech lords like the uh, like the tech lord who runs new cuba Oh, yeah. I laughed at that because I actually I wrote a note and it said, uh, uh, I hope there's an uh, Papa Old Guinea in this world. New Cuba. <laughs> you don't need new Cuba. You don't need the new in there. Uh, yeah, there, there's there's some there's some ideas that there's like a battle of contrast, but it never comes up like at all. 
But yeah, there's an informant in the organization. It turns out it's a Cosmos agent. And they go get the mind probe to figure out what he's up to. Uh, and then we uh, flash forward to Cosmo, where she, it's Houston's first day. And she's complaining. Do you know she was complaining right away about not having a parking spot? And I thought, I've worked with this person before. They start and they're just pissing and moaning right away. The only thing that would have made it uh, me enjoy that was if she started and was all arrogant. And, and then Jake was like, oh, wait, wait no, you're, you're like an intern here. And he like made her go get her coffee or something. But she gets to start right at the top. She's already pushing uh, Nika around. I guess so. I mean, she is complaining about a parking spot and that payroll put her in a Samuel Houston and they think she's a man. At which point, both Jake and Nika make a joke about her having a dick. <laughs> I, I, I don't even think I caught that. Jake says something like, oh, is that what's under that dress? Oh, yeah. And right. then Nika... He's, by the way, Jake's a pig. But then Nika turns around and she's like, you know, there's a surgery to fix that. Right. Like, I'm yeah. just like, oh, they're both like awful. She's, she's walked into a very poisonous work environment. It's, yeah. Like, HR is not liking any of this. Well, it's, it's probably Bascom and he's nowhere to be seen. By the way, we can we can just mention this now. Shatner, again, not in this episode and not in the next episode. So he's been missing for, what, eight episodes? Six episodes? Maybe even ten. We do briefly get to mention that there's a Lisbon office of Cosmo. So I kind of wonder if he's just in the Lisbon office right oh, now. Oh, yeah, maybe. He's- maybe he's just off the Lisbon office. Anyway, after Houston finishes complaining about her first day, the undercover officer wanders into Cosmo. He's got like a device on his neck and Mm -hmm. he's just like, I've been wired. Like, don't come near me. My cover was blown. But he walks all the way over there. Yeah, they they let him walk out to. And I was like, oh, his head is going to explode. It would have been better. But no, like they just use a weird cheap shockwave effect and he kind of flies across the room yeah and he's dead I guess. so they still haven't they still haven't topped that uh, robot that's face turned to spaghetti that's still the best moment so far in time yeah that was no re- sorry that's the second best moment the first moment best, the best moment is the kid running and then getting shot while playing basketball your favorite moment that's my favorite moment show. in television so now that this guy is dead for some reason they think they need to put another officer under deep cover even though you would assume the family would be very suspicious. But don't worry, they're not. Oh, yeah, don't worry, they're not. But thankfully, they have a great idea. At first, I thought they were going to send Jake in. I'm like, Jake is the most recognizable person on this crew. Yeah. But it does make more sense. They're like, oh, we'll send Houston in. We have this great new technology called mind sculpting where we'll put a personality on top of her personality so she won't even know that she is Houston. I at first got excited because I thought, oh, there's like, this is like their cue. The guy who was doing their thing, I thought he was like an on site. James Bond-esque guy. Yeah, he's like a cool scientist. That's what I thought. But he's not really. Uh, And then obviously was... Later we learn he's a contractor at best. Yeah, exactly. And and a very shady one that no one does any background information on. Um, But uh, yeah, it was an interesting idea, if not an insane plan to have done to, oh, we're going to alter your personality. It might, I don't know, might change you forever, but let's give it a whirl. And then, of course, the writers have to add in that same sort of um, little time restraint like they did with the Winger episode, which is, oh, well, every eight hours she's got to check it with Jake. Or, yeah, Jake has to put the secondary personality to sleep and bring Houston back out to ask her questions or she'll get schizophrenia. I would say, okay, we can't do this. Eight hours is not good because a million things could happen and have her not make that. I know. I I wrote, that seems worth it. Yeah. And a couple things to note. One, the way they have her constantly need to meet him for uh, every eight hours is 
She needs a smoke break. She needs a smoke break, and there's a I guess one close bar that you can get yeah. get cigarettes. She's at. addicted to cigarettes. That's that's how they're gonna get yeah. her away from them, so she can go get a smoke. And the second thing to note is the little um, <laughs> the alpha wave oscillator. Oh my gosh, it's the weirdest thing. And he rubs it on her head, and she's looking like she's enjoying it. And it it's very weird. And I I was like, oh guys, this is gross. I wrote I wrote it down later when he first does that interaction because he gets this alpha wave oscillator which is supposed to put the secondary personality to sleep and let the dominant personality come back out her personality is she's a bad guy she's like it's her dark side and like so she, she fights all the time so she fights so he has to actually like get so close to her he rubs on her head so they get in a fight i was just like this is the worst idea shouldn't it just be like a butt like a remote control you push why do you have to rub it on her head like he she does it want- and he has to physically like attack her to hold her so that he can very weirdly rub this vibrating thing all over her head yeah it, it was cr- i was like this is the worst plan like i was sure it was gonna be a button though i was with you i was like oh she'll press a button and then i was like what he has to every every day every eight hours he has to physically restrain her yeah he has to assault her and rub this like this rock on her head and then she'll yeah. come back out before we move on from this uh, sculpting thing how much would you be willing to bet that this episode and this plot is personally responsible for the entire season of Star Trek Discovery. It, it it's, it's, it's the, the same, entire premise know. of the series where someone puts a secondary personality on top of another personality. But here's the thing. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Tech War did it better than Star Trek Discovery did. And and if at least for the one reason, it was done in one episode. It wasn't stretched out for the most god-awful season you could ever watch of this Stupid character that I don't care about. I'm sorry. I'm going to get very... I hated that Klingon character and his nonsensical human personality. And I'm a human. I'm a Klingon. No one cares. Go away. And even the writers didn't know what to do with it. At the end, they're just like, ah, he's going to fly away or something. This was the exact same plot, but at least this was done in an episode. You knew Houston would be back. Well, I do think they put in about the same amount of thought as to how the technology worked. Yeah. And how they they would use it. Um, But yeah, you're right. At least it was done in one episode. But at any rate, now we get to meet Houston's new personality, Sabrina Daniels. She's a badass in all leather. Um, <laughs> can, I, can I mention? <laughs> can I mention one line that made me laugh? Uh, at one point, she's acting all tough because you're saying she's a badass, and then she she goes, "He didn't want me to take the fall, so he fingered me." <laughs> and I just I had to stop because I was just laughing my ass off. She has some amazing her her badass self has amazingly bad lines. Yeah, as bad. And she has to wear tight leather pants, too, because as as a villain, of course you do. Melanie pointed this out to me as we were watching. She's in all leather. Now that's how you know she's a bad guy. And she's like, she's like, she's wearing a leather jacket with no shirt. Mm-hmm. And then she has these leather pants that, that have, have holes like, in them. Yeah. Holes down the side that Jake will later call peekaboo pants. Yeah, I know. Uh, she's it's quite a look. And she's always trash talking. But she her, this was her trash talk to Jake. She called him a lame brain. <laughs> is that what she said like when he's when he's like handy because winger shows up to arrest her as part of their plan to get her like into the the lamo f- crime family she like turns to jake and she's like you're a lame brain i'm like good good trash talk yeah that was that's like an insult uh i'd come up with when i was a kid let me a little quick side note a little story when i was fighting with my brother once when we were when we were younger and we were just getting in an argument and <laughs> And he was said something mean to me. I can't remember what it is. And so my comeback to him was, count your blessings. And and it stopped the argument because he just pointed and laughed at me. And I just walked away in shame because my comeback was, count your blessings. 
I was like, you know, you should appreciate everything that mother and father do for us. You know, <laughs> anyways, it, it wasn't a good one. Yeah, that was pretty good. That's yeah. the real. It's a real action movie one line. Yeah, <laughs> count your blessings. <laughs> but yeah, so now we have Sabrina, the badass Houston. Winger's in on the in on it, so he's gonna help. Well, sort of. He's sort of sort of in on it. He and Jake have her arrested for some sort of crime she's committed, so they can be she can be put in the same laser cell as Mikey Delamo, like a cousin of the family. It's interesting idea because like she doesn't know she's an undercover officer. Like it's it's you know she's supposed to be this actual other person, mm-hmm. but they like, put her in the cell. The first thing she does is she's like, "You're part of that crime family. I want a job." Like yeah. she doesn't beat around the bush. They don't even get to know each other. Yeah. She the first thing she does her mouth is, "Give me a job and I'll break you out of here." And he's just like, "Okay." Yeah. Well, I think he's the loser of the family. To be fair, he is the but- runt. He's dressed in a zoot suit. <laughs> he is. For this plan to work, though, everything has to happen exactly as they plan it. He has to know that every eight hours she will go to that exact bar and that she's going to do every step she takes will lead to the next step that they've already planned. The chance of that happening is so, so small that it's crazy. That I mean, the idea of uh, putting in someone else's personality alone is a dumb idea, but then to go... Well, this person needs to hit A, B, C, D, E along the way. It that's never going to happen. But of course, it does because it it's tech war. Somehow it does. Somehow it does. Somehow the writing makes it happen. Yeah. They perform a prison break here where they beat up Winger, and I'm sh- I'm sure you'll put something up on Instagram because uh, I think you already showed it to me. It looks like the actor literally made a choice. He's like, this person could never beat up a robot, so my character. Is just going to like oh he you crumples. hit me I'm falling over yeah <laughs> it was I was just like he's barely trying to like play along with this plan yeah I think I think maybe we can look at, we can assume that they think that zoot suit guy is uh, not too bright so they only have to kind of give half an effort it's true know? but you think Sabrina who's also not in on it really like, right like they don't even they're like oh you escaped how did you do that <laughs> she doesn't now know that she's they're in on the plan. What if she grabbed another gun that just killed someone? Killed someone. And that's the end of the plan. But no, it all works out perfectly well. It's fine. It's all fine. Anyway, this kind of leads into, which I didn't fully understand, but he introduces her to the family. For some reason, this Sabrina character knows they're planning a heist. At no point did anyone mention that anyone knew they were planning a heist. I, th- I think the implication is their crime family. They're always playing. They're always planning. planning a heist. And their heist is to break into Keurig presumably the coffee pod company <laughs> yeah right yeah uh, in the they, future they've made a lot of uh, a lot of wise choices in, in the next 20 years well they they keurig has an arsenal of nukes and laser tanks the yeah, same keurig that uh the family wants to steal because they're going to use it to help tech lords in some way this whole thing didn't make sense to me i was like if you as a mafia crime family steal a bunch of nukes your problems aren't going to be intimidating other crime lords. Your problems are going to be world governments coming to get their nukes back. Like, you're not making your lives easier. You're making your lives so much more difficult. Well, you're wrong. Clearly, you're wrong. That's tech war. I, it was, just I, stop trying to put logic into it. It just seemed like aiming way too high as far as the arsenal they were going for. Right. And, of course, they can use Sabrina Houston... Because she's an expert hacker somehow, something we haven't seen before, and also a security expert. 
So they gave her this personality that has all these skills and she's great and blah, blah, blah. But they mentioned this is based on a real person, right? Because they mentioned the back history is her father used to work for the family. Conceivably, they would have known who her father is, right? Well, I think the idea was they implanted that concept into her head. I thought that was a huge flaw in the plan. It's just like, wouldn't they be able to determine? That's what I mean. I assumed because even she's like, my father worked for you. And they were like, oh, okay. So I was like, oh, I guess she must be pretending to be a real person because I, I, I thought that was going to be the reveal they were going to see a picture or something and go that's not sabrina i don't think that was the case i think it was just like they were going to trust her because their dads knew each other but like also not look into it any further than that and we kind of now at this point jake has his first check-in where he goes to this smoke bar and again these smoke bars are so stupid like he yeah. buys her a 92 cigarello a, a cigarello from 1992 that is going to be the grossest thing. <laughs> no one is going to enjoy. It's 2045. That is a 50, almost 60-year-old cigarello. <laughs> preserved preserved lovingly in someone's pocket of their jacket. Again, she should immediately recognize Jake as the guy who helped get arrested. I know. And I she doesn't. tell if she does or not. Like He no, tries she to give her the cigarello. And she has a great line here, though, where she like pulls her gun out and sticks it under the table and basically points at him from under the table, like that classic yeah. move. And then she says to Jake, she's like, because she doesn't trust him, she's like, I'm going to light your balls up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty good. That's yeah, do you thought that line. was good? That was a good line. I didn't think it was good. You didn't do that well? I'll tell you what was a good line is uh, at one point she goes, my mind is bleeding into her subconscious. And I just thought it sounded like a Slayer song. That was a good line. Yeah, well, and that's a very important thing because after after this check-in where after she's like gets a rock rubbed in her head or whatever, yeah. a vibrator rubbed in her that's head, really weird and he updates... She, she updates Jake what's happening and then she goes back to she turns back into Sabrina and they it's really weird there's a two stage thing to break into this arsenal first they have to break into a different place and get a access key did you notice though that in the future that we've seen in a lot of episodes now the doors are much easier to break into than even now uh, we've seen people kick open doors um, punch panels to open doors we, they've evaporated doors with things I mean, do, I don't know what the, like, the people just shot the panels. They it, shoot the panel all the time and it opens yeah. the door. I'm just like, wouldn't that just break the opening mechanism? Didn't you just break the door? Yeah, but no, it always opens everything. In the future, it's much easier to break into places. But yeah, as she's doing this break in, that's when her mind starts to bleed. And Sabrina doesn't know why, but she knows someone is following them. So she warns the crime family who's with her, at which point Jake and Winger break in. Winger's now not on the same team anymore. He's like, I'm going to arrest them. So Jake, like, foils Winger and they get away. Um, Didn't it feel like they kept setting up that Sabrina uh, slash Houston um, and the mob boss woman were going to be kissing and having a relationship at some point? Didn't it feel like they kept kind of hinting at that but then just backed away? I don't know. I, I mean, the, cro- the thought crossed my mind because they, when they leave this first hi- this first heist, the first part, I don't know why there's parts of this heist, but the first part of this heist, they go back and they're throwing a house party in the middle yeah. of the heist I, I, maybe for alibis probably just they don't know what to do with these characters um, but it's a big house party and the two of them have a moment together where i think the ideas were supposed to get their bonding like these are like they had similar backgrounds and like they're like but they do get really close and kind of shoot it with a soft filter like they That's kind of I mean. make it a little romantic i don't think the actors ever go there with it but like you can feel like maybe somewhere along the way it was like Maybe just make it seem like something might happen there. Some like cigar I like, chomping. I like that producer that, in an yeah, edit room. I like him. 
Yeah, he, let's hear a little like, more. Let's, let's hear a little more of that guy. I'm never gonna get back to that voice now. Uh, <laughs> just make, make it look a little more seedy for me. Hey, someone ice the nipples. <laughs> that's that's what he says. But they do use this this weird relationship to, I guess, this is totally pointless to the story, but Cassandra tells the story about how her dad and mom were killed in front of her and how when she was like 13 and had to take over the crime family. She tells, is that what she said? She was 13? Yeah, she said she was 13 and her mom and dad were killed in front of her by another crime person. And then she tells the story about how four years later she tracked them down and she choked to death the man who killed her dad choked to death his wife also oh yeah did that in front of their daughter and then choked their daughter to death yeah and i was just like this is a a weird story we're hearing about i guess we're just supposed to know how dangerous she is Mm -hmm. or how hard this life has made her Uh, it doesn't amount to anything it's just like filling time in this episode i think the character just had a bad sense of humor and that was a funny story she was telling let me tell you this hilarious anecdote about my past yeah she's like what's worse than a giraffe with a sore throat what if I strangle three people to death? <laughs> That's a good joke. You, you get it, right? You get, you get it. it, right? But then we cut away from this, and Mikey's at the party, and he's getting a call, which is like the one thing I wondered is he's getting a call from an informant he has in the police force who recognized his old coworker when she was brought in and arrested. It's like, yeah, of course a police officer at the police station is going to recognize Houston who quit last week. Yeah, basically the writers are going at this point, oh yeah, by the way, this is a terrible idea that we've just invested 40 minutes into. I, it was really funny because as soon as she got brought to that jail, I'm just like, didn't she? Like in my back of my head, I was like, she used to work there. That's weird. They brought her to her yeah. old job, but it's fine. I was like, maybe it'll work out. Uh, it didn't. That, it was a good callback to the idea that she quit her job last week and uh, people would still recognize her at the police station. Yeah. So how long does it take till Jake starts choking her? We're getting very close because uh, from here out, they have another smoke break. Jake gets a little more information about what's going on. But because they know the crime family knows she's an informant or she's a mole or whatever, they're, they're able to figure out this doctor guy sculpt her mind. So they kidnap him and he just like tells them everything. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Like, it was really weird. He's just like, yeah, 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 let me tell you exactly what I did. Um, I like Jake's angry at him essentially being like, you lied about like how dangerous this was, even though he only marginally lied about it. He said it. He told him it was dangerous. He just didn't say how it dangerous. Was how dangerous. Yeah, like, Jake, it was like, it's, it's a 70% chance she'd die. It, it was actually an 80% chance. Like, after, right. Yeah, after the crime family's killed him, Jake goes to his lab is, and he finds out, oh, she's the first person he's ever tried this on. Yeah, I was like, eh, fair enough. I mean, you got to start somewhere. And obviously Cosmo does no research. And they just pay every bill. At which point, Mikey from the crime family shows up. Jake has to fist fight him. They break the oscillator. So now there's no way to get her out of the Sabrina character. And then like Winger arrests the guy. I don't even know. Like, I guess Winger just shows up. The yeah. only part I liked about it was like Winger arrests the bad guy. And Jake's really mad because he wants to keep talking to him. And Winger's like, well, just talk to his attorney. Yeah. And Jake hates that. He hates the idea that he has to talk to this man's attorney. Things he can't just beat him in a back room. So eventually Jake and uh, Sam, they get in a little karate fight. Yeah, well, now Jake basically rushes off to stop them from stealing these nukes. And he confronts Sabrina slash Houston. She's four hours past her eight-hour limit now. So she's she's like getting schizophrenia. That was yeah. implied. Um, well, it's funny. Jake does the same thing. That Cassandra does. You, you think Cassandra would, once finding out that she's a cop, would kill her. But both Jake and Cassandra, the crime lord, separately just try to just talk to her. They're like, hey, 
just uh, stay your just stay your personality. Just yeah. choose which personality you want. I'm just like, mm, I don't think that's how that works. But they both just like have a conversation with her. Where they're like, but for Jake in particular, this is what you're referring to is mm. he's fighting her, trying to convince her to do this. And it just seems like he's not getting through to her. So he wraps his hands around her yeah. throat in what looks like he's killing her. Like he's just going to put so, her out of her misery. This is the second time he's choked her. Second time. Because he choked her in the episode where the red guys creating yeah. mayhem. You know what it was? It was uh, she spits in his face. That apparently is the. Uh, oh, is that what it was? He, yeah, she spits his face and is like, that's it. That's enough. Like He literally looks like he's killing her. And then for whatever reason, when he starts to choke her, she just turns back to Houston. Yeah, because. For no reason. I was like, so she's not going to have schizophrenia? Like they just they level this thread of schizophrenia. And now like she's able to turn off one of those personalities. It would be great if they uh, left the character all weird and she had two personalities for the rest of the show. But you know that's not going to happen. Houston kills Cassandra and, yeah, like, and like we're supposed to feel bad for her. I don't because I don't care the show's over and I like did the math at this point I'm like oh yeah we're maybe 28 hours has passed right so much has happened 28 yeah. hours has passed think she's getting overtime for that probably right presumably like it's the, her expense report will be huge well you know, um, well, you know he's put in for lunches again probably um but yeah that's that's the episode it's it was boring it wasn't the worst episode of tech war but like it just didn't make a lot of sense and that's it. That's that episode. That's the episode. You want to move on to episode 12? Yeah, please. Episode 12, Cyber Hunt. Well, GSS wouldn't rope off a whole sector for nothing. I mean, they must not want that item to be found. Remember, they're the ones who lost it in the first place. Yeah, but they would never admit it. It's too embarrassing. Which means it's a cover-up, which means what? Which means that we've got to find the treasure first and go public with it. Once it's out in the open, GSS can't touch us because it would only make them look worse. Right, right. So let's hit the cyber trail again. Nika ends up on the wrong side of the law while helping an old friend. Jake needs to help her get out of harm's way. Is that it? Is that the whole... This is the shortest synopsis that we've had so far, <laughs> which is fair because this episode fucking sucked. Yeah, it really did. This episode had an exhausting amount of cool hipster lingo that made me want to scratch my eyeballs out like it starts right off the beginning where like sludge kilo sludge you're like i don't know what they're talking about i appreciate that they're going for the idea that language changes and that there's always new and different cool words and stuff but it's just exhausting to listen to and i hated fake skeet ulrich so much who just kept coming out i just like i don't care stop talking this way yeah i mean essentially this episode is a nika episode um off the top, we get a quick line about how they have some new information about Rossi, who was the uh, tech lord who had... He's back. Yeah. The, what was her name? Uh, Cleopatra or something like that. Carlotta. That's the one. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, Rossi, who had Carlotta trapped in that jar. And <laughs> no, you wanted her to be trapped, a brain in a jar, I which did. would have been better. And, you know, Jake was enjoying abusing her and his power yeah that was awful. um but so he's excited because he's gonna get back at rossi but really it's not about that it's about nika getting together with her old friend fab yeah he's the worst another hacker and is he's got this upside down v that's a goatee on his face it's yeah oh it's so it's he's so, like he's and he's the poor man skeet ulrich it's a rough episode i've broken it down as best i can here essentially fab shows up a he brags about hacking Rossi. Yeah. 
B, he wants Nika's help because he's trying to hunt a treasure on the internet. Apparently, the government has lost 8 million credits worth of transuranic bullion that they lost after they confiscated and they're transporting. So he's going to try to find it, and he needs Nika's help to do it because she's such an expert hacker. And then we kind of get this sub thing is that Rossi is mad that someone broke into his system— so he hires this wirehead named Logan, which is the first time we're hearing about wireheads. Yeah. But he's a hacker who can just touch a computer because he has like shit in his face. Like he has like wires. You know, it's just not. It's wirehead. That's what he has wires yeah, in his, his head. wires in his head. He has all this like tech junk jammed into yeah. his face. And so somehow he has the power to. Well, I don't know how that's helpful, by the way, to his hacking ability that he also can, he can just, cr- create a surge in the electricity. He can just touch a computer. And wreck it. And wreck it. Wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't. My parents can do that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nailed them. Nailed it. Yeah. So that kind of sets off the whole show. Like we kind of. There's a couple good. There's a couple fun scenes. Not good scenes, maybe, but fun scenes. Are there? I don't know if I remember any. <laughs> um, like right off the bat, because Jake and Houston are so excited to get Rossi, yeah. they follow up on this lead, and this lead is this old associate. And what they do is they track him down to this black market area, and they find that he's, what do they call them? Tissue tuggers have reformed yeah. his whole body into a different muscles, different shape. Like he's a different race now. Like that's the implication that these yeah. like people are able to do this much stuff. But they're able to recognize him because he still has those same old habits. And those habits are he want, he likes to buy black market violent vids, which the woman selling them to says she's got some sweet merchandise for him, which are an uncensored director's cut of Christmas Massacre 4 on yeah. Laserdisc. And by the way, was that the size of Laserdiscs? Yeah. that was humongous. That's what it was an actual laser disc. Is that is that it's what it's 1994, so laser discs are probably still around. So she hands him a laser disc, yeah. and then she also has for him a vintage pair of Schwarzeneggers, yeah, which are two VHS cassettes. He's, he's very excited about it. The implication is you can't buy movies anymore. <laughs> like this is the black market. Well, maybe it's like it's it's the you can't buy them on that format anymore. Right. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. And basically, what they learned from this guy is. Rossi's in financial trouble. He's yeah. kind of he's going broke. And what's happening is when Logan and Rossi figure out where this fab guy is who now is hanging out with Nikki, they hear because they hack surveillance cameras, I guess. They basically hear they're hunting this like eight million dollar treasure. And Rossi's like, Oh, don't kill them now. Let's just let them find the treasure and then we'll go take the treasure because I'm I need the money. Right. Like that's that's kind of the premise. Uh, did you notice when in the scene where he like learns about that, they're at the diner? And they oh, when, when they pick on that waitress and they pick up they just they're, they're supposed to be like these like anti-establishment hackers but they're just kind of like dicks yeah like the the waitress puts the wrong drink in front of the wrong person so what they she do, doesn't even get the order wrong no, she just it'd right. be like you ordered a milkshake and I ordered a coke and she gave you the coke and me the milkshake yeah. and they're like really ticked about it it's like they, yeah, just slide that cup across the table well and they even tell her to switch the drinks for them like they won't even and she's just like why don't you just pass them back and forth like she doesn't do it she just kind of like why don't you just do it yourselves so they a hack the diner take their money for these drinks back cheap yeah. and then <laughs> yeah they are cheap and then b they like blow up the woman's ipad that she uses to take orders what if you blew off her hands it, it's the, like it's just such a dick move and nika's laughing it up i know like, they're I'm i hate like, nika both of you people are awful whatever happens this episode you deserve it can we talk about one scene and i might just jump around because we can go through this because this episode was terrible there's a scene where jake and houston need to get into the bank yeah that's the next scene oh is it really oh great well i love that the whole plan makes no sense 
Yeah. So so essentially from this guy, they know he's going broke. So they're like, let's talk to this person who works at a bank who I guess maybe handles Rossi's money. I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but they're hoping they can find like his payroll to find I don't know what something. It something. doesn't make sense. But yeah, their plan is the dumbest plan. Well, so she gets on a voice changer and pretends she's a computer system, which th- she's just assuming that's what their computer system sounds like. That's saying there's a delivery. So the woman will come out. Yeah, she'll leave which, her desk to Okay, so Jake can sneak in. Okay, it's very Looney Tunes, but sure, that's how it works. But then the woman comes back while Jake's on his computer, so then he pretends to be like an aggressive burglar. Yeah, he puts so a that gun Houston, to her head and says he's going to blow her brains out. So, so that Houston can come save the day. But I thought, why didn't he just grab her to begin with? Why did they even have to do the voice changer? They made no, there was no yeah. point to that at all. She comes in. She say she beats up Jake as every episode they get in a fight. Yeah, like and another fake. They plan really do fight. every single episode. And then she tells this woman who she has saved. She's like, "Hey, I work for your boss, Rossi too. That guy didn't take any information, did she?" And the guy the woman's like, "Oh no! Here, yeah, come look, look at all the information." And then and then she apparently has a watch that has a camera. Yeah, in it's it. it's like an old spy watch. Yeah, she has an old spy watch. Like it's not a hacking. She just like takes photos of the screen. The whole plan is very complicated, and this woman, like, doesn't question anything. She's like, yeah. okay, I guess you work for my boss. Let me show you all the information. I don't know what they were looking for, but they happen to get lucky, and they see this wirehead Logan's name on there. So I guess that helps them. It's unclear. Like, that's yeah. the only information they get out of it. They know they're connected. That's basically they, I the guess point. that's it. They, they know they're connected. And we jump back to Fab and Nika, who are, who are searching for a – such a dumb – they're looking for a shipping manifest on the internet to figure out what happened oh, to the money, the cares? bullion. It's a silly idea. But they run literally into a firewall while she's hacking. I know. She like, is who, flying who this? through the matrix. She hits a glowing ball, falls out of her chair, and is knocked unconscious because she hit a firewall. You, you, their version – their matrix, which is the internet. So their version of the internet is essentially the same as – Disclosure. Do you remember that movie, Disclosure? I do. It was a terrible movie. And Great book, though. It was, it was no. Michael Creighton, wasn't it? No. But uh, do you remember how the internet was shown? It was like they had CGI bodies and their heads were on the top, and I was like, that's the internet. Yeah, it, and they'd go and they'd open filing cabinets in the computer. Yeah, the, in this, the, this the is the same, same idea of how the internet works. It's, oh, there's a big ball. That's a firewall, and don't hit it because it's the sun. Right. But by hitting the firewall, they alert the government because they're sloppy sloppy hackers and we get fan favorite grouts back she has by the way the best scene in the entire show do you know what it is oh i do what, uh, what is it we're getting to it because she arrests them with her yeah. lackeys her government agents of course rossi and logan are watching the whole they've been tracking the whole time so like we have to help them escape so they can get to the treasure so we can steal from them so they like hack a door so most of her agents gets locked behind it so mm-hmm. now it's just grout nika and fab fab runs off and Grout reaches, she's wearing a skirt, like probably thigh-high skirt. And it's not like she reaches down and pulls a gun that's strapped to her leg off. Like that would no. make sense. It, she reaches up her dress in the most awkward fashion and seems to pull a gun. Out of her, you know what. Uh, it, I mean, there's nothing else it could be. Like it's, I know. It doesn't make sense that it's strapped it, to her leg literally, the way she it pulls it out. It looked like it was done as like a Austin Powers-esque gag. Like this sort of over-the-top kind of gross dumb thing where like oh where's the gun or like a leslie nielsen-esque sort of thing you know but it, it was but it, that's not how it was done at all it was like oh that's where she keeps her gun it, women right it was i mean i don't know what it was it was the craziest thing was i mean funny the most amazing thing like yeah I, that, that was by far the best thing in this episode this there's two parts in this episode there's this and there's something later but these are like the oh, best I, know, I know what it is too the best parts of the episode I, jordan 
will 100% put that on Instagram because it is yeah. worth watching. And that's all you that's all you need over and over again. At any rate, she she reaches up her skirt. It's terrible. Pulls a gun out. Nika knocks her unconscious and they run off basically. Yeah. And like the only reason I mentioned she knocks her unconscious is because the next scene she shows up at Cosmos Grout and she's just like, I need to find Nika. She's like doing these things. She's a huge black eye. Like it looks pretty bad. And Houston and Jake are just laughing it up. They think it's the, f- she, her being assaulted is yeah. the funniest thing funniest they've thing, ever seen. They hate her so much. Uh, because they are horrible human beings. But yeah, essentially like now they know Nika's in trouble. So Jake goes and gets that hacker cowgirl. Yeah, cowgirl's back. And then cowboy, With, I don't know his name. No, is. no, he's a new partner. That's not oh, the same guy. Partner? That's oh. a different guy. A better. I actually was just like, oh, this guy. I don't remember what the other guy was. The other guy so. just looked really skeezy. Oh. And this guy like was like kind of personable. I was mm. like, oh, I like this new partner she got. I think what we're learning from this hacking thing is you need someone who goes into the VR and you need someone who like stands there, runs the computer beside them for some mm. reason. We see that a lot this episode. Yeah, that's true. And what basically happens is they hire her and she, it's like a matrix chase. Like, yeah, she the, flies around like the matrix. It looks like they're playing Pac-Man. Through, through two, like it's literally a series of tubes, their matrix. Yeah. Like yeah, the actual visualization is a series of tubes. So she's flying through tubes and she's literally chasing Nika through internet traffic, I guess. And she's just like, I just need to get close enough so I can hail her. And hailing her is just like she's able to just talk to like it's it's like it's like if I was running the street after you, I just had to get close enough so you could hear my voice. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, he calls after her. There's this moment where Nika was like, she's not sure if this is a trick or something. So Jake starts saying things that only Nika will know is true. And the only thing that mattered was, you hate my jackets. Oh, yeah. I did notice that. I was like, yeah, we all hate your jackets, Jake. Yeah. That's but, not But news. she also was listening to Bloodbath by the Deletions. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing. Yeah. Bloodbath by the Deletions. Anyway, so she's like, oh, it's Jake. I guess I'll talk to him. But for whatever reason, which I, I don't understand it. Like, I guess Rossi doesn't want them talking because then it'll Jake will talk her out of doing what she's doing or something. Anyway, Logan sets off a feedback bomb yeah. that, like explodes the entire office but it's just through the internet like it's like i have to say you sent a virus and it exploded the office i think when uh we eventually decide to we're not going to watch a show anymore and it we take the escape pod we should send it off in a feedback bomb what do you think you want to send you want to shoot a feedback bomb back at uh back at the series exactly all right all right i'm down anyway that was just a weird like it really doesn't go anywhere it doesn't get them any closer to finding each other we go to commercial break and we come back to this is not the first time they've done this but this is like a tech war kind of writing technique if you get stuck we come back and houston and jake are walking through sewers mm-hmm. and they're like we got an anonymous tip I we know, gotta go meet someone and i'm just like all right i guess that's fine that'll push the plot forward an anonymous tip that leads you to the sewers what what i wrote was uh i don't know why they're there nor do i care no there's no reason they they go into the sewers it's Logan who is called in the anonymous tip. He tries to shoot a force field. He uses his power to touch things. Computers, I guess. He shoots a force field at Jake. But thankfully, Houston, this is what's crazy. She set up a bomb on a power grid. Like, presumably, she's just blown the power out for several blocks of the city. Yeah, because he has the slowest electricity coming at him ever. Uh, uh, and he, he just walked away. Yeah, so they stop whatever bad plan Logan had, and they catch him. And he's just like, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to roll over my boss, Rossi, but I will tell you where Nika is. And they're like, eh, that's good enough for us, I guess. Except just like last episode, instead of Winger, though, Grout jumps in and arrests them all. Except it's so crazy. Like he, she arrests them all to prevent the episode from stopping. Except as as uh, Jake shouts, 
you can't put electric handcuffs on a wire head, which yeah. I was like, yeah. anyway. You should have known that. He's able to use his amazing electricity powers to run away, and no one tries to chase him. He's just kind of like. I know. They just, they were, Jake's just like, I can't believe you let him go. And he, he like, you probably could still see him running away. Grout and her cop got knocked down, but Jake could have done something. Nah. He didn't want to wreck his jacket. Anyway, like, basically, he runs off. And immediately after, like, Fab and Nika find out where the treasure is. So now Rossi and Logan know where it is. So they're all like, let's go get the treasure. And they're like, well, we've been eavesdropping on them. Let's also follow them and get the treasure, this eight million bullions of whatever. Mm. Um, And it's only at this point as Jake is sitting there with Grout because he's still under arrest. They basically come to a compromise because Grout tells them the government did lose it, but it's not this bullion. It's four liters of, hold on, I wrote it down here, four liters of mega trodian delta a biocatalytic anti-personnel compound, which is essentially nerve gas, I guess. So there, I don't know. It's so confusing. It's like it's basically that the government is is shipping weapons, right. illegal weapons, and they don't. I, want people I get to the know. idea, of like putting it under a different name. Yeah. Why ship it under the classification of something very desirable? I know. Well, because th- it's stupid. Anyway, let me jump in real quick. What I realized watching the last two episodes, and as maybe about halfway through this episode, is that the show has really settled into what the show is. You know, sometimes it takes TV shows a little while to kind of figure out what they're. The show is now. You know what Tech War is, and what Tech War is is a not very good show. I mean, I don't know if it just settled in that point. No, I think I think it did. At least that's how I felt. The last couple episodes, it sort of just. Yeah, there it is. Just reach the plateau of, yeah, you know? Well, I'm not going to disagree with you, but uh, I don't know if it just got there. Anyway, now Jake and Houston rush off. There's, uh, this is not important, but like they're driving and they're like, Jake's like, we have to find the tracking device that they put on Fab. And I'm like, no one told you that. No one told you they put a tracking device on it. No, him. I didn't notice that. I was like, I guess you could have deduced it somehow, but you're not a good detective. I don't know. It was just weird. Like, it was another thing where like, oh, yeah, Jake doesn't know where they are. Oh, he, he figured it out. Don't worry about it. Anyway, they get to the storage facility, which I will say, like last episode, when they got went to that storage facility, they they kind of shot it in a big power plant. Like, they at least had a yeah. cool-looking building for it, if they didn't use it well. And I have to say, a couple of the times in the show, when they go to some of the locations, they look okay. Like, this one looks okay. Yeah, they, the other one, but when they do stuff like where Nika and, uh, what's his name, Fabio? Fab. Yeah, sure. When they were up in uh, their little tower eating their future food that looked like Korean pancakes— um, that was a terrible looking set. Oh, so and and as comparisons, it's like it'll just go on locations, guys, because they don't actually look too bad when you're in these different factories and things. Their locations person is finding good locations. Like the 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 storage facility looks like a like kind of a little bit like a Raiders of the Last Dark, like huge facility. Mm-hmm. They have like they talk about how there's robots that will auto bring stuff down. They have these huge like dolly cranes that are going up, bringing. They're not like well shot exactly, but they at least look interesting. Like yeah, they, like they're. A little bland, but at least look a gritty and future. Looks better than the sets. Oh, uh, 100%. Basically, Rossi grabs them, the two hackers, Nika and Ray, they get the case. And they're like, oh, I got the case. At which point, Jake and Houston show up and you get the obligatory fight sequence that they have to have at the end of every episode. Yeah. And it's going to be hacker versus hacker, Nika mm-hmm. versus Logan, who Wait. Logan is like overpowering her in every sense of the word and then she just like puts her vr goggles on him and his head explodes like yeah it's like it didn't i I was like oh that that seems like a real bad side effect of having all the technology put into you that if you accidentally if someone puts you, a vr set on your head like they, they never established no. it like that was a problem he had all they had to do was have one little line of dialogue earlier on 
that yeah, would like, have made that same Because you sense. altered yourself this much, you've now stopped yourself from doing this thing. Or exactly. This lab. You know, it could have set it up in some way. But yeah, so she easily beats him for no reason. Jake and Rossi go up into the catwalks way above them and get in this fight, which, which is, is like, a funny fight. It is a very... Because he, he just hits Jake over and over with the briefcase. Well, there's clearly two uh, stuntmen fighting yeah, on the catwalk, and then Jake kind of gets flipped off the side. He's like, holding on the side of it like with one hand, hanging up the catwalk. And Rossi's got the, the case, the briefcase with the stuff in it, and he's like lazily batting him with it as they have a conversation. Like it's so like there's no energy. Like yeah, this guy's just like kind of wants to go on lunch break more than anything. He's like kind of lazily bat. I don't even remember how. Like they, they talk for just two minutes over. and then both of them just fall off the catwalk and they fall like eight feet. Like <laughs> I know. that you kind of actually get a brief shot of the catwalk and the granite. Like you realize like, oh, they were very they weren't that high off the ground. Like, Jake could almost have, when he was hanging over, his he feet were almost touching touched the, the ground. ground. Like, yeah, I know. It, it was just like, oh man, that was so funny how you chose to shoot that and then not care. Yeah. Anyway, Jake, now that they're on the ground, Jake grabs Rossi and tosses him to some sort of bin that's riding by. Yeah, it was con- and it he, was very convenient. He closes the lid and you look inside and the case is broken and the gas is like oozing out but the guy gives the greatest performance there's a porthole in <laughs> for some reason there's a porthole looking into this bin that the actor shoves his whole face into <laughs> <I know. laughs> and like a cartoon dying of poison gas just kind of sticks his tongue out and like oh I know, it's, I'm it's great um also a great uh gif or whatever we'll put up on instagram because yeah. it is that and the gun out of the dress I don't know if they feel like out of a different show because they're so weird. Very, very funny, though. Yeah, very over the top. (laughs) I loved it. Uh, No, it was. uh, Those are my two favorite moments of this episode. Probably of the whole show, maybe. How interesting would it have been if Rossi had been set up from the beginning of the series as this big bad guy? And what they could have done is because they keep showing how emotional Jake is because of Carlotta, who he'd like had an inappropriate relationship with as is a VR world and fantasy land there. But what if at the beginning of the show, it was Beth who he thought died. And then he finds out that Beth's in a VR thing and he's trying to save her, but he can't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then he has, he has, he has an arch villain or an arch enemy. He has to get back at. Yeah. Like, and there's it's a like real has, stakes for him. Exactly. Th- that's what it is. There are stakes. At one point, Houston says, I know you feel bad about Carlotta. And I was like, Oh, does he? That's very early. So they, they briefly mentioned Carlotta just to tie back. It's the same guy. But the, the plots are basically unrelated. Like in that final fight, it's not even like Jake is trying to avenge her. Like, right. It's not like, Oh no, Jake's going to go over the dark side by doing something terrible. It's like, no, he just has a really, as you said, a very lazy fight with this guy swinging the briefcase. And he kind of just dies haphazardly. And it's, it doesn't feel like anyone was avenged or like anything mattered. Um, I mean, even at the end, like they're just all back at cosmos. Nick is forgiven. Cause Jake helped grub, get her stuff back and everything's just back. There. It's like, it's like a real who cares ending. It's like that episode. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Which which is crazy because they set up this villain two episodes before as like something they're going to come back to. And they do. But in just like the most throw, it's just like, oops, we shouldn't have left that dangling. Right. Right. We Here's a throwaway episode just to clean it up for us. Like it was really weird that it was just like they set for the first time they set up a multi arc villain, a multi episode villain. And it seems like they just immediately regretted that. I right. Doing well, it. because he didn't need to be. It didn't need to be the same guy. Oh, it could no. have been anyone. Could have been anyone. And that was that episode. That was the, those were the episodes. Uh, do you, you want to do some closing thoughts on these and give some scores? <sighs> I'm very torn on these because what I want to do is give these like zeros, but not even because they're so bad, but it's just as a cumulative sort of thing of the series. I'm just, I can feel tech war fatigue setting in once again. I would give it a, a first episode. I don't know. A five and a half. 
five and a half. What would you give it? I feel like I liked it ever so slightly better than the second one. Yeah. So I, I, I like I'm gonna give it a three. Mm-hmm. It was it was not good, but it like it was at least a I don't know the second one was just nothing. Nothing was the second one. So right. at least that one had an idea behind it. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, a deep cover. A five. A five. Just a point five between these episodes for you. Yeah. Yeah, no, for me, uh, that second one was a two. Uh, just barely above complete dreck. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, I giving it a two for the two great right. gifts that yeah. are in it. It was worth it for those those I get those two get two points for. All right. Well, I'm gonna head over to the Continuum Drag computer and let's see uh, let's see what the series is averaging out at now. See if we get to use the feedback bomb. I think I'll feel bad though, because we're so close. Jordan, oh no. Oh no. We've fallen below safe operating the, uh, numbers. I don't know. I didn't think of this through very well. Uh, we have to get to the escape pod. So it's happening. It's happening, Jordan. Turn that off. All right, Jordan. We get on the escape pod because it's over. We're escaping from tech war. Do you want to use that feedback bomb? I, I guess so. Jordan, I, I, have, I very, have bad I very... news. Yeah. Just like the movie Alien, it's not over yet. The finale has snuck onto the skate pod. <laughs> we have to come back next week and watch the last episode of Tech War. All right. Uh, yep, that's how it's going to end. Uh, we are going to take the skate pod, but not all the way free yet. Uh, are, you, are you good with that, Jordan? You know what it is? I have mixed, I have mixed feelings because it, it's like doing a marathon and then going, eh, forget it at the end. I think that's what my mixed feelings are. Jordan, it's, it's fallen to 4.97. That's so close. I it's it's I think it's fine though. We're gonna watch the final episode. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go through any last stuff we want to talk about with this show. We're gonna get it all out there. We're I feel like this is like it's uh, uh we're having a thing, so you're like making sure I'm okay. Yeah, we're gonna get it all out, Jordan. We're gonna get it all out next episode, so that, like your soul can be cleansed from tech war. Well, good episode, Jordan. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have a great a great coffee iced coffee wake. For Tech War next episode with the episode. Oh yeah, well <laughs> that's right. Yeah, with episode eighteen of Tech War and our final podcast episode for Tech War. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll see you then. I'll tech talk to you one last time next week, Jordan. Continuum Drag is recorded at Astro Lab Studios in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rick Seedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Emily Carter, and Dwayne Wright. <laughs>